welcome back. Get ready to turn on dark mode. We're here to talk working in IT, video games, tech, and everything outside the nine to five. I'm your host, Taylor Floyd Muse. And I'm Keegan Lassard, and you nailed it. <laughs> oh, thanks, dude. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to jump straight in today. Uh, Pokemon came out. And yeah, buddy. I am very excited. It, it's like pretty much everything I wanted. Like, Doesn't it feel like we reached the finish line of like fall? Yeah. Like we're kind of coming towards the, the tail end of it. Like we're slowing down on game releases, and this was probably the last big one that I wanted now that doom isn't coming out so like i felt like we were training all spring getting ready <laughs> getting ready for that 5k and then all of a sudden we got to fall and we're like all right we got this and we started out real strong and then we hit a couple curves and we're like oh shit okay this is a little bit harder than we expected and then it, we just kind of cruised to the finish side of pokemon and said yeah. f you to star wars till december <laughs> yeah i mean we're we're trying to wait for that we don't even have time but I mean, this will definitely tied me over. Like, I was hooked from the start. Um, I mean, they actually kind of made it challenging this time. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I'm i only on the third gym so far. I, I think I put in, like, eight or nine hours. And, uh, like, on the third gym, I was, I was like, dude, I might not beat him. <laughs> yeah. I was like, when has this ever happened? And then... Um, like I ended up pulling it out of my butt, but then like at the <laughs> end of the, uh, at the end of the thing, like the, the gym leader actually says like, uh, I've been told I'm the first roadblock in the gym challenge. And I'm like, oh. okay, well, like if he's the, if he's the first roadblock, like, is it going to be kind of challenging later on? Or am I going to still become overpowered? Like you end up, you know, usually becoming in Pokemon. Cause you know, you go, you battle stuff. And now that they got the experience share, it kind of spreads the, you know the leveling out across all your all your team even though you might not play with them i know you can turn that off if you want to make it more challenging but Wait, i mean so what? far like you know how you have experience share so when it's oh. when you know your first pokemon in your party is the one you battle with if none of the other ones touch battle but uh you you know you defeat the other trainer or you catch the pokemon all of them still get xp as yeah. long as they're not fainted because it wasn't so, the older Pokemons that, like, you had to, like, throw... Because I remember it was like, oh, I want to make sure I make this guy my primary that goes out so that way he at least sees the combat and then I switch him out to, so he gets experience. Yeah, and uh, you can turn that setting off so where you do it the classic way, I'm pretty sure. So, you, like, if you wanted to make it, you know, more challenging, like, hey, I need to make sure I toss my my whatever in to make sure he gets a little bit of XP and then take him out, like, you can play that way. But I think they've done it well enough where, like, the experience share to me so far doesn't feel overpowered. Like, everybody's not just leveling up every single time, but, like, it gives them a fair amount of XP. And obviously the people you battled with more get, you know, more XP than they other ones that didn't. But right. I don't know. I just feel like the game is pretty balanced and they put in the new wild area and I didn't really know what to make of that at first when they were talking about it in the in the uh you know the days leading up and showing trailers, but like now that I'm in it, it makes it feel like kind of like an MMO where you might come into an area that you don't belong and then like there's pokemon or you know enemies in that game that are way stronger than you. And you can just run into them, and then they'll like screw your whole team up. <laughs> like you can't escape them and stuff. And I yeah, thought that was kind of cool. It makes like making sure you have a ton of items more prevalent, 
And like you're not just confident you can either a run away from <clears throat> the random encounter with the Pokemon. But yeah, this new wild area, if you're not familiar with the new game, is supposed to be like a uh, what would you describe like a raid location where you can stumble upon well, higher level Pokemon. And yeah, it's not area. just about raiding though. It's like uh, the, it's like the social area. So like. I would equate it to like, you know, how you said in games, people, you would have people running around in your game. You know, I don't think you see anybody live, but I can invite you into mm-hmm. my wild area and then to like attack, we so. can go, you know, battle, trade, or, you know, like you said, do the raids. Yeah. Um, so it, I don't know if they're going to make any changes, you know, treat it somewhat kind of like a live service game where they update things That'd later cool. on. But, uh, one problem I did have with the wild area is, like I mentioned, there are enemies that you can run into that are way stronger than you. And you can't just run away from them every time. Sometimes it'll tell you you can't get away. So it'll kill like two of my Pokemon before I'm able to escape. And I'm like, okay, like this sucks. Like now I got to, you know, revive everyone or do whatever. But I had no indication that that enemy or that Pokemon was strong going in. When you first come to the area, I pretty much just avoided any big-looking Pokemon because I figured they were going to be strong. But after I got to, like, level 30, and I'm like, oh, I can go catch those Pokemon that were, like, level 26 and, and 30 and all that stuff because I'm I'm around that level now. I ran into a couple, caught them, and then I turned around and ran into another one, and all of a sudden, he was level 46, and I got I got shit on. <laughs> and I was like, yo, how, how was I supposed to distinguish that that Pokemon was different? Like right. th- they're missing that like um, you're out of your level element where indicator where like, you know, in destiny, they'll have like uh, a sword if he's stronger than you and in a question mark if you can't damage it. World of Warcraft, it was like a skull icon and a bunch of question marks around their level. So exactly. Like, I don't know what it is, but I know it's a lot larger than my character. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I know that doesn't quite fit with Pokemon's UI because they don't have, like, a level indicator outside of the battle uh, sequence, uh, and they don't show a health bar, but, like, I've seen Pokemon that have, like, an aura around them, and they usually mean that they're, um, I don't know, they're, like, better Pokemon, and you get more rewards for catching or battling them, but, like, if they had, like, a glowing red aura around the enemies that are, or the, I keep saying enemies, like, because it makes it feel like an MMO, um, the around the Pokemon are... that are stronger, like, too strong for you, then, like, I'm gonna avoid them, but then, if it's like, oh, well, then it's too easy to, like, avoid them, well, have them chase me, then. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I'll be getting chased by a level two Electrike, <laughs> like all through the grass, but then like this giant Onyx is just chilling. And it's like, all right, well then what's the point? Like I can just run around you. <laughs> right. One thing that bothered me, so like I bought it the uh, release weekend, which the only reason why I justified it was because I beat Outer Worlds. And how so, was that? How was good. A little side note. A little Real side good? note. It was great. Uh, refer back to our Outer Worlds talk. I love that game. Um, but once I beat that, I was like, okay, I have in scope time, which I thought might go to Star Wars or some other game. And I, I just decided, you know what? I need a good casual game. Mm-hmm. And perfect. Pokemon on the Switch. Play it mobily. I actually prefer it handheld, which is kind of surprising. 
Well, why don't you tell them how much of an impulse it was, Keegan? <laughs> like you didn't plan on buying this game. No, not at all. Because like on I think it was like Friday we were talking at work, and I was talking about how so prior that I was going to finish Outer Worlds, did that, and that I wasn't going to buy it this weekend. And my main reasoning for that was I just a I wasn't feeling it anymore. B <laughs> I uh, wanted to like finish some things on my backlog maybe uh play a random game of league or something and just go spiral down that this week this past weekend and uh i also wanted to play disco elysium i knew that like that was gonna be on my next to do and um what was it saturday morning i i played uh disco elysium started it and then it was like nine o'clock in the morning and I saw that my controller batteries for my Xbox were low when I was playing Madden. So I was just like, okay, I need double A's. And I, uh, I'm like, you know, I could just run over to like GameStop, maybe trade in <laughs> Borderlands three. Cause I need to do that anyways. It's been a long time coming with that. <laughs> You've been putting that off. Yeah. So I, I'm talking to Stormy and I'm like, Hey, I need double A's. And she's like, okay, you're going to run a Walmart. And I'm like, I'm thinking GameStop. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, why? And I'm like, just, just to look around. She's like, so what game are you going to buy? I'm like, oh, I'm not going to buy a game. And she just laughed. And, um, so I just call you and I'm like in the store and I'm just like, am I? No, 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 hold on. You're, you call me and you're like, so am I just about to buy Pokemon or what? <laughs> and, and then I just literally go, yeah. And then you're like, okay, bye. Like, and then you're like, well, you said, okay, I'll call you in a sec. And then you get in the car and you're like, yo, I Pokemon though. And I was like, yo, you remember two days ago when you were like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to get it. Like that went right out the window. Well, it's been a roller coaster because when it first got announced, I was like, oh, I'm going to get a uh, sword hands down. I always get the blue copies of Pokemon. And then it was like, I'm not going to play Pokemon. Which is such a weird reason. Don't go based on the color. You go based on, like, the content. No, nah, like, I just... I, do just you instant. like the, the legendary you get in it? Do you like the Pokemon that you can catch in it? Or do you like the location changes? But you're just like, I like blue, so I'm going to get sword. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's all you but need. But you got shield, though. But I got shield. Um, And... Not really any major reason for that besides the fact that you got sword and almost everyone that I know got sword. So I was like, you know, screw it. I'm going to have shield. And um, I I mean, I'm really enjoying it. But the thing I was going to critique about it after all that craziness of like just randomly buying it. So you (laughs) you start the game up and I don't really have a lot of like I watched maybe a couple videos on it, but I don't really have that much context of it. A, of a modern Pokemon game, because I haven't played Pokemon since... I I can't even remember the last, like, new game I bought of it since maybe Sapphire. <laughs> so Really? I, I didn't that play was actually the, my first Pokemon. I didn't play any of, like, the DS games. Those were fire, dude. I'm telling you, my favorite Pokemon uh, games are, are Diamond and Pearl, hands down. Like, if they, re- if they remake that on, on the Switch... Like, it's game over. I'm going to be so happy. Unless it's, like, super watered down like Pokemon Let's Go was. Then I'm I mean, you're talking excited. to a kid that, like, A, couldn't afford the DS, was coasting on a Nintendo 64 to play Pokemon Stadium, 
and like I had no other like that was it so I didn't play any of the modern stuff so I'm already like in a world that I've never seen really with the Pokemon and so uh and then the opening credit scene is like this dude announcing the champions thing and they they bother to do the animation for lips moving but yet no voice acting like why like i don't under like i get you're bringing a game into the modern era of like the nintendo switch but like if you're gonna have their mouths move and you're gonna have this big cinematic at least do the oh like the voice acting for it it's not that many lines and you probably didn't need to get like a professional voice actor. You could have gotten like an intern in your Nintendo <laughs> place. <laughs> then it's gonna be bad. Like I'm, you it's get like what I'm when saying, they had Ronda Rousey be uh, Sonya Blade in in Mortal Kombat, and she comes in and she's like, "I'm gonna kick your ass. It's gonna go down tonight. <laughs> cool." <laughs> like what? Yeah, throw in the the Switch graphics, and you got a game that's in the 1990s. Um, <laughs> but I definitely felt that too, though, because as soon as I saw him just moving his mouth and no words coming out, I'm like, oh my god! Like, and typical you can't Pokemon. skip through it, and you're just like, yeah, it's Ugh. I don't know, it's That's a, a it's terrible annoying. way to kick off the game. Like that was so off putting, but I was still pretty excited to like try it out because I was so disappointed. Let's go! Like I don't know why my expectations were so high for Let's Go when I knew there wasn't like combat for every encounter. It was and pure so nostalgia. There's like you you ride the nostalgia train for like at least a couple hours, and then it just feels like a chore to get to the Elite Four. Which I like at least before I traded that game in, I at least beat beat it. So that was satisfying. But yeah. again, Nintendo Switch doesn't have achievements, which bothers me. But um, so no one can actually see that I beat Let's Go. Yeah, nobody cares. See, I'm telling you, I think it's. It's refreshing to have one console that doesn't focus on that. So when I play a game, me being like, like I can't help this about myself. If I see that there's like easy achievements or or some achievements that I can go out of my way to get, I'm playing the game to get those achievements now. So now I've changed my whole approach. If I play a Nintendo game, I don't even care about that. I'm literally just exploring and I'm having fun. And it's actually kind of training me to play games like to be less you know ocd like oh i gotta do all these these you know achievements and stuff and i mean it i I guess it would be nice to still kind of have some achievements but at least in my vote i'm like it's kind of refreshing i don't know it's like something but regardless this game is challenging like we were talking so compared to let's go which was like my latest pokemon game it feels nice to have a challenge within the pokemon series where it's not just a cakewalk and it's interesting for this one that they take a little pivot that is not so like you had to tell me before i noticed it where you're the rival this time mm-hmm. rather than being the main character with the story tie-in to like the whole world well it's funny you say this because people have kind of caught on to this in previous games and you said you haven't played any of the recent ones so right um I forget if it was Sun and Moon or or just previous uh, ones before that where you notice that usually your rival would pick the advantage to you. So like if I chose water, he would choose grass. Or if I chose fire, he would choose water. So it's a challenge to fight him. But then 
when when they started they they just changed it one game and then all of a sudden your your friend chooses the the disadvantaged pokemon and you're like yo what the heck <laughs> like why did you do that like is it going to be super easy to fight you and then people went on this whole conspiracy spiel like oh like you're really the rival that's why you always show up after him or, or no he always shows up after you that's how it was because usually the rival's always like hey i beat beat this first go go in there but he would always come after you so you were the rival but then in this game they literally slap you across the face with it like your friend his brother is the champion and he keeps saying be a good rival to him like he says this all the time and then even your friend his name is hop <laughs> he's kind of annoying but he has this real dope blue jean jacket with the fur he's kind of he's kind of dripping i'm not gonna lie <laughs> and this kid's like i don't know he's like 10 years old and he's already dripping and stuff all right but um He's like, can you can you help make me stronger? Can you be a good rival to me? So like, they're like, yeah, you're you're the rival this time. You've got the advantage Pokemon, and I don't know where they're gonna take it because I've only played it for a few hours and I'm only in the, on the third gym. But uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, it's a it's a different. It's like a departure from what Pokemon has always been. So yeah, and you know, I haven't put like a ton of hours into it, but it has been really nice to have. A casual game that I can just go like lay in bed before I go to bed and play on my Switch and play Pokemon mm-hmm. and then like only put like maybe an hour a day or something to it and not feel like i feeling rushed to get through it whereas you know I have my priority game which is Disco Elysium and I want to get to that game every day and put major hours to it and I already know is going to be as captivating and as my main focus for like the next few months Really? simply from the first hour of the game dude is that immediate it's that immediate i've i've i mean you already know that i like this style of game and to describe this game before i go on and to and you know ramble as i normally do um <laughs> disco elysium is like an old school rpg game um all story driven story rich there's not a lot of gameplay outside of the fact that you are a detective and you're trying to figure out where the hell you are, and you're trying to investigate a murder, basically. Um, and this whole game is a choice matters, um, and by your choices, it determines the rest of the game. Okay. And to just kind of give a once over to the Steam like description of it, um, it's a groundbreaking open world RPG game. You're a detective with a unique skill system at your disposal, and a whole city block to carve your path across. Interrogate unforgettable characters, crack murders, or take bribes. Become a hero or an absolute disaster of a human being. <laughs> um, and that, so that's, wait, do you only get a, it's a city block? Is that like the size of the, the game? That city so block? I don't know yet. And that's, that's one really interesting point that you just pointed. I didn't really think about that. But I think there's like a whole city element that you can... I think you will go into different areas eventually, but yeah in the beginning yeah you kind of you kind of stuck to this one block and you're and i'm like already eight or nine hours in and i'm still within that first area so this (laughs) game's hefty okay yeah so it's like it's real dense like it's not like it's a tiny little world that and you're gonna quickly get through it but no because you have to really read in this game um that's one thing they've really nailed is the writing in this game is just so clever and so detailed um this is definitely one of those games where you don't just want to quickly go through the dialogue because the dialogue is the game. That's all. 
if you're looking for an RPG where you can like do some cool shit as a character and like um, do a lot of action, this is not the game for you at all. It's very <laughs> old school. Um, so it's what's very, the gameplay look like though? So the so I guess to how you enter the game is. So you start out with this conversation with the inner dialogue of yourself, which is really funny and has really great voice acting for you, you kind of get these evil and like weak interpretations of voices inside your head that are both like trying to get you to like uh, admit you're a miserable piece of shit. And then you got like your self-conscious being like, just give in, just die. And like, you're like, what the hell is going on? And this is how the game begins. And it's all black. Okay. And then you wake up. And you get to see this, uh, so it's all downward facing, right? So you're just, you're looking down on the scene. Yeah, like a, like a CRPG. Yeah. And then, uh, you see your character and he's got no clothes on and he's waking up and he's in, what's that like position in yoga where it's like. I already like, know what you're going to say. Downward dog. Like he's like, yeah, face yeah, down downward ass dog. Up. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's ass up. <laughs> And he's in his whitey tidies. His room is wrecked. Like, just <laughs> absolutely demolished. The The art style in this game is really interesting. Um, it's very dark, and it's very, um, I would say, like, it looks paint. It looks like it looks like it has thick paint around it. Like, okay. That's, like, one way to describe it, I guess. But, um, yeah, so you're, you kind of wake up. You don't have any idea where you are. You don't have any idea of who you are. All you know is you're in your whitey tidies. Um, there's a bunch of bottles of booze around you. You're and as you're clicking around, you're seeing your place being trashed. Your windows broken. You only can see one shoe, and so you're like trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Mm-hmm. The game has an interesting uh, attribute uh, skill set like tree. I'm okay. trying to get to all the words. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so depending on what you select before you start the game, you have strengths and weaknesses, right? This yeah. game sets up where you pretty much have to pick like an area that you're absolutely trash in. So, so it's, it's similar to like those uh, like disadvantages that you had in um, or flaws, they call them in like outer worlds kind of. Yeah, kind of like basically you're uh, you're selecting a base level for your intelligence uh physics so like being your eye hand or no it's motorics which is like eye hand coordination <laughs> wait what like you can be you can choose to be bad at hand eye coordination yeah so you it's like <laughs> one to five or no one to six i think in the very beginning six being like genius level um and it but basically hold on. you know that's gonna come into play later like if you have bad hand-eye coordination as some pivotal scene in the in the game there's gonna be like here catch and then you're gonna <laughs> yeah. be like oh and that's like the best it. part about this game is um each so each skill has like a bunch of attributes uh, along with it right so under motor x is eye hand coordination perception um uh, like sleight of hand, all these different ones you can level up individually after the game starts. But okay. the game starts, you're you're leveling those up at a base level, basically. And then you have uh, physics or physical aspect, which is like your health, endurance, uh, how intimidating you are, how strong you are, that kind of category of skills. And then you have a psyche set skills, which is like 
How good are you with empathy? How good are you with like your self-esteem and different things that might come in handy as you're going along? And then you have intelligence, which is like uh, your rhetoric, your uh, your they have one called encyclopedia. How can you pull things from the world? And the way it, it's I've never played a game quite like this that has this like like I've heard these being leveled up and things, but the way it affects the storyline is unlike anything else. Because so it's a Keegan game. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, uh, through and through, 120%. So you like, for example, in the first area, if you have a high perception, you might like pick up on different things as you walk and observe a room. If you mm-hmm. have, if you have high perception, you might notice the, oh, maybe this was thrown through the window that made it break. Or if you have a high uh, endurance, you might like, I don't know, you'll just get different uh, checks basically as the game goes on. So it, it really encourages and makes me want to go back and play it again, even though I haven't even fucking finished it yet. But <laughs> um, So you're already looking back. I guess like if they do have all these different paths you can take, like I do that in a game where like you'll see all the different choices you have. You're like, well, I want to know what happens if you do the other thing. Exactly. And you're already thinking back to like playing it again even though you might not get back to it because more games are going to release and then the cycle never ends. But yeah, um, that's pretty cool though. So you like gather your clothes and you have like a funny scene with the mirror and it basically, it's like your self-esteem telling you not to wipe off the mirror. Don't look in the mirror. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then like, (laughs) it takes like six finally dialogue things to finally get to it. And then you, it's like, and you finally open your eyes and then it's like, it like, makes you kind of jump with the music and it's a picture of yourself <laughs> and that makes you think it's like a horror scene or something. It, it has really good humor in this game um, and really great dialogue. It, it should, since it's that's like the main point of the game is to go throughout dialogue. But like you, you still kind of like control your character, right? Like you can move around. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, like so- it's not like uh, really any gameplay element to that. It's just like, you know, a vessel to get you to more dialogue. Right. And like, um, you, you can hit tab and it basically pulls up the circle around your head and it highlights what you can interact with the world. Okay. And depending on your skill sets, you might, you might pick up on different things that you normally wouldn't have. And then the, the gameplay aspect comes into, uh, like old school RPG checks, which when I reference that it's, it's like a decision comes up and you have to have a certain high level endurance perception or whatever. And it'll tell you if it's easy, medium or hard and your percent chance of getting it. And that percent chance is based on a dice roll. That's what a check is. Also, this is like real D and D stuff. Yeah. Kind (laughs) of. So so, it's like D and D crossed with like an interactive novel. Kind of. Yeah. That's like the genre. Pretty. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. You're 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 trying to solve this murder mystery, but you're also trying to solve out w- who the hell you are and why you're in this situation. Because the the best part about this game is the fact that it gives you absolutely nothing in the beginning. You just have to figure <laughs> it out. Also, another aspect that's really cool about this game is as you go through, you might face a uh, like a blocking point on the path. And in order to get past it, you have to initialize a thought, which is another skill tree. It's kind of like their version of perks, 
basically there's a the body is out back right and you have to go investigate it mm-hmm. but since since you're uh since you were assigned to the the scene you actually went and did a bender for three days and the body's been at, by itself for seven days sitting in the back, <laughs> oh, the back. Man. so it's obviously rotting right so mm-hmm. your character can't investigate it because he keeps getting sick okay. so on like the second try your partner's like all right you need to get your shit together and then a little thing comes up in the bottom right says initialized thought getting sh-, or it's like um, it's some sort of formal way of saying get your shit together. Mm-hmm. And then you uh, you have to activate it and it takes like two hours or whatever of real game time. Okay, Not wait, hold real on. Game time. Uh, real life time? No. Or so the way time, time works in the way time works in this game is like when you talk to someone, each time you hit a new dialogue or a new question or continue down a conversation it moves the clock oh okay so time only moves when you're talking to people like when you're moving around in the world and nothing it yeah doesn't it, move. It, st- it stays the same okay so it's like the opposite of stardew valley <laughs> yeah yeah actually um and it's kind of nice because it the game won't tell you if the like they have npcs in the game that are worthless that don't lead to anything and okay. it won't tell you and so you it's could like, a like constant sp- gamble yeah, you could spend like literally hours talking to someone and your partner's like, I don't think this is going to go anywhere. And you're like, no, it will. I got a hunch. And you just keep <laughs> going. And then they could just get to the end. It's like, no, that was that was for nothing. <laughs> they didn't know anything. So if you were to continue advancing time on that thought, like initializing the whatever, get your shit together thought, like you would be able to access that? It, it'll be like, okay, now you have plus, since you have this thought uh, fully, you know, initialized you can now get six attribute bonus towards whatever one to do that check and you'll get you'll get all kinds of different ones to think about throughout the game yeah i mean honestly like i i would maybe maybe be open to try in this game because it sounds like it's something that i could play casually because if it is sort of like an interactive novel i mean you know you were you were giving me some uh some crap about uh being interested in the Danganronpa series because yeah. that, you're like, what even is this game? And it was just like a visual novel, kind of like a survival game where yeah. like these high school students were basically just like forced to uh, be the last one standing, kind of like Hunger Games, but in a Japanese high school setting. It was weird, but it was pretty entertaining. But like, I didn't buy that game because I didn't think it was worth like the price for just like running around pointing and clicking but like this game with all the in-depth like aspects they have like i think i'd give it a try i probably have to try it like at your place when i come visit i'm gonna have to give it a shot before i yeah. just like dump money on it and i'm like keegan i hate this game you know it's <laughs> but, it's it's interesting you say like casual because this game it definitely has a casual feel to it but it is kind of hardcore like it might be real intimidating to somebody that's never really played a game like this yeah i mean like there is this hardcore element to it that you're telling me about but like i guess you kind of have to get all the skills and stuff but like i think it because you said they have everything fleshed out i'm almost going to find it more humorous if i'm unequipped to handle this because they have all of those things thought out like it's not going to be just like you died like you know you like when you play in some rpg that like i'm not equipped enough so i just died and i respawn it's like no they have those things written out it's like all right like i'm not good enough for this <laughs> and i'm gonna laugh at the reason why yo so it's funny you should say that 
because the way they handle death in this game is exactly the way you describe it. So you can like, so you start out with like a terrible health meter unless you level up your endurance, right? Yeah. And like you can pick up medication and things throughout that both help your mental health and your regular health. But if you don't survive that check or whatever affects it and if you don't have anything, you will legit die either from a mental health collapse or physical. (laughs) And like when I first played the game, I didn't like I didn't know what to do. I was like, what the hell? And like I didn't really save scum. Um, So I was like, well, shit. And I just started fresh and I didn't realize, oh, I could have clicked this button and it would have healed me. And it, uh, it was literally from me kicking a trash can. <laughs> I was like, spoilers. Oh, don't sorry, kick trash yeah, cans. Don't kick those trash cans. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm open to giving it a shot. But I mean, I just bought Divinity Original Sin 2 for you. Hey. So we can play that together. I mean, I'm you really dumped 90 hours into the first playthrough. And then you were like, oh, I want to play it again, but I don't got anybody with And I finally gave in. <laughs> so I'm going to play that with you first before I dump uh, some time into Disco Elysium. But. Yeah. Are we going to play on Stadia? We're going to both buy into that. <laughs> oh, I don't know if Stadia. this is on Stadia, but bro, did you hear? <laughs> Stadia is like a nightmare. Yeah. I, I heard it was the launch was trash. Yeah. I mean, like, all right. Things launch first day or like a couple days is usually not great with server issues. But like people got their orders like delayed they they got the founders edition and they they're coming late and some people said their their package got changed like downgraded oh. or something and then like now it's coming late again and i'm like yo like what i don't know if they just like miss uh represented their inventory or what but like that was a nightmare and then right. people got it and they were like it doesn't look nice the 4k I'm using air quotes right now that they said they were going to use. Um, the 4K is like just upscaled 1080p. So like the game doesn't actually render in 4K. I mean, most games like console related can't. Like the Xbox One X can do some in 4K natively, but most games are upscaled. But they're like, it doesn't even look nice. And when you <laughs> you game in 4K, it it just sucks your data. And people like that aren't aware, you might actually have a data cap on your internet provider. Right. I know I do with Comcast. I, I get a terabyte. And people are like, a terabyte? Like, that's huge. Like, that's mm. a thousand gigabytes. Yeah. And then uh, you're like, yeah, you would never use that normally. But with Stadia, you use a terabyte of data in 60 hours of 4K gameplay. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> I don't need. I, all right, we talked in a previous podcast. We're like sixty hours. People are like, "That's a lot." Not in terms uh, of gaming within one month. Thirty days of gaming. That's that's only two hours a day. Like, and you're gonna game more than two hours a day on some days. And this is also with no other internet usage. So, like, you're not streaming Netflix. You're not checking emails. You're not listening to Spotify. <laughs> you're not doing anything else online. Like some, some places don't have a data cap and in that instance, it's fine. But like, that was already an issue for me. That's why I didn't get it. But like, now I'm like, if they're going to have 4k suck that much data and it's just upscaled 1080p, (laughs) like that's a nah for me. (laughs) Like, I I just don't undersee. I don't undersee. Wow. 
understand or see <laughs> under the sea <laughs> i don't understand that value in it like oh i don't know and i understand that it's a service so it's really hard to review or judge a service in the first day or two and even like the first week like it's gonna be evolving and adapting but from like the reviews that i have read like, you know, they, they say review in progress. Like, we're going to just give our initial thoughts. It, it, people don't really sound too excited about it. Like, they, they think that this technology isn't ready yet um, for, you know, everybody to begin using. Like, it's going to be for, like, niche people, and I don't even know if they know what those niche people are. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely a glimpse into the future is what people have been saying. Like... In the future, we probably will be able to just pop open our MacBook Pro or or like you pull out your Android tablet and then you just take your Xbox controller or PS4 controller or whatever you want and then just connect it there and it's going to be streaming a game to your phone or wherever you're whatever you're playing on. And I mean, that's really cool. Like I don't need to worry about a console anymore, but until they figure out the <laughs> the graphical fidelity with like it being fuzzy or upscaled or whatever and also latency and things like that like it's definitely not worth it yeah and when google announced stadia being this uh cloud gaming technology it was already i mean all these problems were already aware we were aware of because of the data usage and um how much it sucks out of your um your data usage per month so when like those reviews came out, I was like, well, yeah, we, we, I mean, we talked about that. Right. So like, <laughs> I was like, all right, come on, IGN. Like we know, we know, but like, and then it's like, oh, well not only that, but it, on top of the problem we already knew, it's not really what they said they were going to deliver. Yeah. And I think, I think ultimately, I think the, if what I've read is that everyone's like, it's just too early. Like props google for like looking into it for us but we're 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 good for now just like you keep at it well like Let somebody's got to do it you know somebody has to take the first step yeah and like that first person to take the step is going to get roasted and toasted a little bit because it's mm-hmm. not going to be you know prime uh examples of like what it will be right but the other thing I heard like too was, <laughs> well, the week was like way more fun. Like even though it had its quirks, like it it was different. It was a, <laughs> like it was like Dunkey said when Dunkey's video he goes he says screw you PlayStation and Xbox we're doing weird shit <laughs> and it's just a <laughs> yeah. picture of the Wii and it's like I mean yeah um but there's no crossplay yet between Stadia I don't think like Destiny is like their flagship thing they've been selling because yeah. it comes with the founders edition uh it doesn't have it has cross save like i can save my data nice. from other thing and come over and play it on uh stadia but because stadia is so new and people are kind of hating on it you don't have anybody to play with so matchmaking takes forever that was something i didn't even think about because you cannot play stadia against like playstation or xbox or pc people the lobbies are small so like if you want to play anything uh matchmaking related and and even like the popular thing so like you know you would come into call of duty and you go to everybody's playing tdm team deathmatch and then like you got less people playing the weirder objective mode gameplay uh if you come into destiny control is like their number one 
game mode. That's like, it takes longer than normal, but you can play. But let's say you want to go play something like uh, Gambit, which is like where you have player versus enemy versus player. So like you guys are competing against fighting computer-related stuff to race to the win. PvEVP? Yeah. It's kind of fun, dude. You can't you can't match make though because nobody's playing that as as much. So oh. it's it's definitely early, like you said. So yeah, like I don't get know. back to us in five years. Like no one's <laughs> we, we're, we're, we're once we figure out this whole internet, and then once everyone gets fiber too. Like just just wait a little bit. Like yeah. focus on Google Fiber. Get Google Fiber to every single city. And then let's talk. And then let's talk. Yeah, because yeah. if they if they start going crazy with Google Fiber being everywhere, then like it would be easy. They could even package it with it. Like, yo, if you want this top tier Google Fiber, if like you want the gigabit, you get Stadia for like with a it. lesser amount per month or whatever. Because you do have to pay a plan for some, like if you want the games. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely something that's cool. That's it coming down in the next decade. All right, Google executives, listen up. Here's what <laughs> yeah. I want you to do. You package up fiber. You give that to me first off. Then you throw in a Pixel 4. And then you throw <laughs> in, you bundle up Stadia with it, and you give me a controller. And then you give me some buds, some Google buds. And then we're good. We're set. Package that up. I'm buying it. Just dive straight into the Google deep end. <laughs> just, <laughs> just just sign your life down. away to Google. <laughs> Give me the Google Home, nest it up, we're good to go. Yeah. I mean, Xbox has got their cloud service coming too, so I mean, they got their whole element you can jump into as well. So we'll see we'll see which one does better or worse or whatever. So we got Stream Wars and Cloud Wars. Cloud Wars is something that's coming in the next 10 <laughs> years. And it's going to just, yeah, like you said, the Stream Wars, it's going to be like eight different cloud surfaces you can play off of. Yeah. So, be Facebook ready. Facebook cloud gaming. <laughs> no, Facebook's trying to be in gaming too. <laughs> like they got, they bought Oculus. So they, oh, yeah, they're, they're in the happened. VR element. They're, they're off doing weird shit. <laughs> so oh. once they come around into cloud, then it's going to be a whole nother ball game. Speaking of VR... Can we talk real... I know I'm rambling, but can we talk real quick on Half-Life's announcement? Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. <laughs> so This is weird. Why would they do this? Some of the most loyal fans ever and have been asking for like 15 years for a sequel. They announced the sequel in VR. I don't think I've met so many people so disappointed online of just like, oh, why'd you have to do that? And it's, it's not, so, it's not a sequel. I thought, I thought it's its own story within oh, it might the Half-Life be. universe. I, it might be. Half-Life just, universe. It's a new Half-Life game. Yeah. So that's why people are upset <laughs> because they were like, oh, new Half-Life game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're just like, oh, it's VR. Oh, oh, oh no, 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 no. And no, then no, they're no. like, oh, back wait, up, it's not up. like, it's not Half-Life 3. Oh, oh. I'm pissed. <laughs> Well, like you were telling me that this game was this started out not even a Half Life game. Oh and my gosh! Right, right there, like it's a pivot. Yeah, you need to stop what you're doing if you're a game developer, and think, oh, maybe if we release this and we tell people, you know, we weren't originally even thinking this was a Half Life game. <laughs> what were you making then? <laughs> that doesn't Nobody make knows. sense. They were probably just gonna make. You know, because like some of those uh, first-person shooter VR games are just like generic because 
you're not really playing the VR for the story, really. So they didn't really invest in the story. They just were like, it feels cool to, you know, be in the first person element. So yeah. then they were probably going to just make some generic first person thing to like promote their their new Valve hardware. And then they were like, but what if we made it Half-Life theme, though? Like, I don't know if they actually thought that was going to be a good idea and well-received because those Half-Life 3 advocates are some of the most, like, stubborn gamers. (laughs) Like, if you toy with their, the possibility of Half-Life 3, like, you're you're playing with people's emotions here. (laughs) You're playing with fire. Yeah. Because, like... You may you may be thinking this is a great way to push your VR equipment, um, but sad truth is, is no one can really afford it. No one really wants to play on it on a daily basis. Everyone just hopes that one of their friends buys it, and then we can play it once every maybe two months. That's, yeah, that's the all honest you need. truth about VR. Yo, I saw a video of a dude that spent, uh, I think it was like, an entire week straight in VR. Like, he never took what? the headset off. Yeah, so, like, he had to sleep with it on. <laughs> like, Ugh. and then he said that he was allowed to change headsets because he, he was using different headsets. Like, one is a wired one and one was, like, wireless, so he could, like, walk around the house. He was allowed to, like, close his eyes and change the headset. But, like, I don't remember the title of the video, but if you want to see a dude <laughs> spend a week in VR, go on YouTube and type in week in VR and... I don't know. It was something else. Like I would love to hear his conversation with his like doctor and being like, "So is it like like okay to do this? Like, do we have any health problems here?" And he's like, "I mean, I mean, your eyes are ruined (laughs) and they are gone." Would you rather live like uh, let's say let's say six months in VR or six months that you or no a full year that you have to constantly look through augmented reality through like a Pokemon app on your phone? So like I, I would always have to have my phone out, and looking through it, or like I have like you know how like Google Glass had like a- AR kind of stuff. Like am I yeah, just wearing so you glasses? Have wear, you have to wear those glasses. And it, I like, would definitely do the AR because then I could actually like see real life still. <laughs> like I don't want to just be six months say, trapped in VR because then I can never do anything. Let's 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 bump that to like two years of like. Not even Pokemon. Okay, it's well, like, now it's not even fair. <laughs> I'm not well, spending I, I, two years I'm realizing doing how that. easy that Would You Rather is, and I want to I want to beef it up a little bit. Well, right? a year is still... Dude, all right. Six months in VR, you lose touch with reality, right? <laughs> yeah. And then one year with AR glasses, and you're just, like, constantly annoyed. Mm, true. I think six months in a year is already good, but I think I would have to choose the AR because then I could at least still, you know, interact with people. I'm not locked into VR. Oh, <laughs> and it's smart AR. So, like, it knows your GPS location, and it's like, well, I wonder where Taylor is. And it's like, go to the Taylor app, and it's like, boom, he's at Starbucks right now. Well, I mean, our phones are already doing that, right man. Now. The phones are already doing that, man. As much as I try to turn that off, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when Can't. Snapchat introduced that, like, I remember there was, like, a day or two where everyone's like, what the hell? And then everyone's like, oh, I guess it's okay. <laughs> and, like, we're just, like, chill. <laughs> Everybody with, like, forgot us about just it. Being on the map. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just made it more, made us more aware that it was happening. Because people kind of forget that your phone's, like, just always on. Like, you can't turn the GPS off for 911. 
So right. like, it, you can t- always tap into that. But like, I don't want to freak people out more, you know. So, all right, you got anything else you want to talk about today? We should talk about like our experience with onboarding, Boy, because I feel like don't you get me started. <laughs> you know, I feel like when we start a job, and I, I mean, granted, we've only had a few jobs so far outside, mm-hmm. but. I felt like no matter where I've gone, I felt like the onboarding has never been like super smooth. Like sometimes I almost feel like they're as surprised that I'm starting as I am. Or even partially smooth. It's like usually like there's always something <laughs> walking on on like blades. <laughs> like it's not smooth at all. Yeah. I like, mean, being a consultant, like dude, I get onboarded more often than the regular person would. Because right. like if you get a new job onboarding should only happen once you know but like being a consultant like i'll go to different clients and hey i got to be onboarded to their team and mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> i'm going on this perpetual cycle of onboarding so it's like for me it's like full full force <laughs> i'm always getting yeah. this action well there's always some sort of laptop permissions problem which i get but why is it so consistent in it that like there's always one folder that they say you need access to or a program you need to download. And then there's just, you have to call help desk or go down to the guy's desk and get it sorted out before you can get into it. I, and it's not like it's new knowledge that you're going to be starting that day. So (laughs) yeah, like they didn't (laughs) prepare at all. (laughs) I mean, like I, I, I get what you're saying with these like folders or stuff because I, there was one client I was at and like they knew I was coming and I I needed access to like a VDI and <laughs> it literally took them two weeks of me being there to get it. So like I was doing, I was doing my work on my, you know, my actual laptop, which wasn't the ideal situation, I guess. But I, I kept asking like any update and they're like, Oh yeah, we, we texted the, the, or not texted. We emailed the uh, help desk <laughs> and like, we, we think it should be coming soon. And I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And then like two, three days go by, and I'm like, yeah. So like that didn't that didn't happen, did it? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I guess not. And like it just it took so long. And I'm like, I mean, if you guys knew I was coming, you could have kind of got something going in the in the background. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel like we could definitely could streamline the process where if if you know someone is coming, like you've hired them. You can begin those those processes of getting those accesses now because sometimes they actually do take multiple days, you know, like you've been in that boat where like it does take a couple of days to get those credentials. Right. Like some people might be busy, you know, like they can't just like slap them out all the time. So you kind of got to like plan for it. But I feel like your start date isn't like, oh, you're hired. See you Monday usually. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you usually get a little bit of time. Well, you know, some some places have like onboarding job aids, but it seems like a lot of those are outdated usually or they haven't hired somebody in a while. So then it's like, well, ignore six through eight and we'll just get those set up later. And then, you know, just in the meantime, look over our FRDs. And I'm like, oh, my God. okay, if I have to read another (laughs) FRD, which for you, non-IT people, functional requirement document is what FRD stands for. And they are fun, fun reads. Tell, I tell you what, if you're starting a new job, nothing like reading FRDs for a bunch of software you've never gone into. Yeah, it's, it's a fun read document, FRD. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. 
Um, and then usually, I mean, my past couple jobs hasn't been the case, but definitely on my f- like first few assignments, it seems like when they they know what my scope of work is gonna be, but for whatever reason, it's not for another like two to three weeks. So yeah. You, sometimes you start a job and it's like drinking from the fire hose and then there's others <laughs> where it's like well you just kind of sit here get get uh familiar with your computer okay check it done oh no like a day or two familiar with your computer and then we'll we'll get you trained and it's like okay well i'll be here just let's take another tour i guess of the building and then, <laughs> i'll take another lap you know yeah where are those bathrooms again yeah exactly <laughs> And obviously not every workplace is like that, but I mean, at least from my experience, there's always something it, I've never been onboarded perfectly. Now I've had really good people lead me and like t- take me on tours and stuff, but then there's like things that come up that they can't control and they're like, huh, sorry. I mean, I wish it was smoother or I wish this access was granted to you like last week when it would, should have been. But I mean, some of that stuff they can't control, but I mean, I've, I mean, there's gotta be a better way to smooth well, I think that it's just people pro- procrastinating a bit. Like, I mean, we're all guilty of it. And like, as we're as we're going through these different processes, different people need to, you know, touch different uh, different systems. So it's like, obviously, the scheduling is going to be like it's it's going to be impossible to make perfect. So perfect right. onboarding, I feel like, isn't really a thing. But I I still think that like if somebody is coming in say two weeks like that's plenty of time to get rolling on those access because you already know their name and that's going to be you know their user id yeah and then whatever generated password they give you and then they change later so then like when you come day one it's going to be like hey here's your access (laughs) you don't have to wait two weeks for it and then like here's an extra laptop so you can you know, do your work and not sit there and look at the wall all day. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you got to alert people that are going to do the training earlier than just like the day before, because when you tell someone, Hey, tomorrow you're going to train so-and-so they're not exactly pumped because no, they got other no. work to do. So then or they're going to be in all like of a grumpy mood. Like, <laughs> yeah, here's how we do this. <laughs> And like whatever this, so like it's it's not gonna go very smooth. And then you might not be vibing with the with the company right away. You'd be like, all right, like this guy's kind of got a stick up his butt. Well, especially if you're a consultant. Yeah. Because like they're like, oh, this guy's gonna take my tasks, huh? Okay. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll teach you as slow as possible. Yeah, a little bit of competition. But yeah, yeah. I mean it's understandable why they would be upset because you know they got a little warning and they're they're busy you know nobody right. wants to be staying late but it's just like there has to be an easier way we gotta we gotta come up with some perfect onboarding solutions you know who you know who does do it and has like their shit together on onboarding oh hr department those people don't mess around with the onboarding documents or you needing to get things signed they got things ready to go. They got presentations. Here's our rules. Here's our PTO like stuff, our benefits. You may not want to hear all the stuff right away, but man, they're going to make sure you are onboarded with their policies immediately. <laughs> well, that's cuz they're like they're supposed to set the standard. Like they're they're the the rules of the whole office. Yeah. They're like the backbone. So like if they're slipping, <laughs> it's like, 
uh, the office is going to be a mess. <laughs> and I'm sure there's definitely some HR people that will hear this and be like, uh-uh, <laughs> no, it is not smooth. Like, there is some some stuff that goes down. But yeah. I feel like it's probably the, the department that usually has it under under control. Yeah, we're gonna have to get my my sister Allison on this podcast to like lay down some HR rules for us and see how I mean, we. You can... said she got some crazy stories to tell, so maybe she yeah. can tell us the kind of stuff that doesn't go so great with HR. It'll be a nice little story. Because I mean, if you think IT is bad, I'm sure HR is like they got like all kinds of different drama. But as far as like onboarding solutions. It's just a matter of like you can't procrastinate like you can't procrastinate somebody joining on like that's their first impression of your team. Mm-hmm. And like if that gets disorganized, I mean they're 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 not really you're not really setting them up for success if like well, we'll get this handled tomorrow, we'll get this handled, this request is in. Like a lot of those things, I'd I mean, in my mind, I would want to make sure day one they get in they they know that they've been taken care of and that they're being you know set up for success because that like yeah. that's what i'm looking at for you know and i'm not saying i've been at a place where i totally they missed the mark on i'm just saying that like i'm just surprised that so often on onboarding there are so many issues you know what i mean true well i mean like another easy thing i mean i shouldn't say easy but like another thing that could definitely help is working the whole onboarding process from for the people who are already at the company into their own schedules because mm. it's it's following like you know you got to spend money to make money you got to spend time to make time so like obviously people are going to have full schedules right yeah they don't they're like oh i don't have time for this if they make the time to train the person and get them up to speed efficiently and effectively rather than quickly and you know like maybe they didn't get it mm-hmm. all the way now that person is going to be self-sufficient faster and can now help you out and, and make that time. time back yeah so it's like sometimes you'll go a place and they'll just like figure it out like they, they might not say that to you but they kind of like that's the kind of vibe yeah. I get. they're like here's the frds and and then they're like you can go here and here but like just just play with it <laughs> and i'm like well dude like i think it would go much smoother if you just kind of like streamlined it with me spent, like hey you know. this is these are some tricks instead of watching me struggle mm-hmm. and then like i gotta figure it out on my own because that's not gonna be helpful and with uh the holidays coming up too you know people aren't exactly eager to be staying late to help train and all that kind of stuff so oh true dude like thanksgiving's what this upcoming week yeah like it's already like christmas i i mean i can't Basically. be that yeah i can't be that surprised i mean i've seen christmas lights it's middle of november but yet i'm like oh well i still got a while's way till thanksgiving but it's literally around the corner it's all the same week feeling like yeah. that <laughs> yeah it's like after thanksgiving it's immediately christmas pretty much it's like you have a week and then it's christmas new year's 2020 and then all of a sudden it's you know march so <laughs> yo, are we just it's just an endless cycle like dude we're living in 2027 right now by that logic <laughs> yeah we'll be it we'll be in march and we'll still have glitter all over our hands from our ornaments and christmas dude glitter do not get me started on that i hate that stuff like i just put yeah, up the decorations just, oh, and yeah. i am covered in glitter like that stuff does not go away it's basically herpes <laughs> I, 
It's worse than herpes, dude. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> Yo, at least you I got mean, some like, medicine for herpes. D- the glitter, nothing's going to get wow. the, that off. Oh, if you put it that way. <laughs> I mean, like, this stuff literally, I mean, it might go away, right? But then it'll come back randomly, like when you don't want it. So it, I don't know. It'll I don't, be I, July. And it'll then be I'll July. still be picking that glitter out and of my And you'll college. look to your right on the beach and the sun will hit it just right. And you'll just be like, what? <laughs> and you like, when's the last time I've been around an arts and crafts table? <laughs> Dude, like, that's, I think that's what's the infuriating about it, too, is because you can't see it easily. Like, like for instance, if it was, like, sand, I would know where to clean. But with glitter, I literally <laughs> have to squint and tilt my head and, like, look in the light to find it because I know it's there. <laughs> but I can't get rid of it. Can you oh, imagine man. working at Hobby Lobby this time of year? Oh my gosh! Or any sort of craft store, they, they might as well just bathe in glitter. Like they're just like, it might as well just be a part of who I am. I'm just the glitter person. Yo, quick side note: I saw some dude's YouTube video like last year where he staged a uh, like a package delivery to his house, like like an Amazon delivery, and it had like an Apple HomePod, but it wasn't like boxed up, so it looked like it, you know mm-hmm. you could see the box. And he was like hoping somebody would steal it, and he filmed it. Like, he put a, a camera, like, in the box or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, when they open it up, it's just a contraption that explodes glitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this dude opens up the package in his car. It's, like, a nice car, too. And it oh, just goes, no. poof. And he's like, dude, <laughs> it's everywhere. Like, he was so <laughs> upset. I was just dying. So, yeah, if anything happened like that to me, I would literally just, like, quit. Just I just, just don't understand. Done. Who enjoys glitter? I really don't get it. I don't know, the same people that, like, don't mind dog hair and, like, you know, getting sand in their shoes and stuff. You know, just, oh, like, yeah. people who are fine with little little stuff like that, <laughs> but not <Yeah>. us. <laughs> they, they like, every morning wake up to alarm that's just nails on chalkboard. Like, oh. <laughs> that's a bit extreme. <laughs> Time to start my day. Let me go uh, brush with glitter toothpaste. <laughs> All right. Well, while we clean the glitter off, we're going to wrap this one up today. Thanks, guys, for listening, and uh, for sure you got to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and email us, darkmodepodcast. uh, At gmail.com. Yeah. I mean, can't forget that. Sorry to interrupt your perfect Kind of given by now. I mean, you know, we're we're getting there. It's it's not smooth enough yet, but, you know. Also, you can uh, still buy me those SpongeBob sunglasses if you listen to last week's episode. (laughs) I'm still waiting for those as well. Oh man, I don't. It might not be a while. It's definitely gonna be a while for those to show up, and then you're gonna be just like a kid on Christmas. (laughs) But uh, like, follow, subscribe, y'all, and rate. Why did I say y'all? Rate us and. Am I? Am I just a country boy now? Y'all. <laughs> but I go to demo derbies and I say y'all now. So oh, okay, okay. until next week, will I say y'all again? <laughs> we'll see y'all later.